Denzel Mims wants out. Jabari Zaniga, Delshawn Phillips, Rashad Wild Goose, Will Parks, and others want in. We're talking Jets roster decisions today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, August 26th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making the show your first listen or your first watch every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. You'll get notifications as new episodes are posted each day. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Well, the Jets play their preseason finale this weekend. They play the Giants, the annual game between the Jets and the Giants. It will be Sunday at MetLife Stadium, 1 o'clock Eastern. So kind of a normal start time for this preseason game. Most of the time you get them at night, sometimes Thursday night, sometimes Saturday night. A regular Sunday afternoon game for the Jets as they close out their preseason. And it's an important game. Not so much when we're talking about the final score, but a lot of players are down to their last chance to make an impact. And the Jets are going to have to make some roster decisions next week. However, on Thursday night, they may have had a roster decision made for them because Denzel Mims's agent released a statement asking the team to trade the third-year receiver from Baylor. The statement read, It's just time. Denzel tried in good faith, but it's clear he does not have a future with the Jets. Denzel vowed to come back better than ever this season and work extremely hard in the offseason to make that happen. Still, he has been given no opportunities with the starting offense to get a groove with them. We feel at this point a trade is our only option since the Jets have told us repeatedly they will not re- release him. Joe Douglas has always done right by Denzel, and we trust he will do everything in his power to find another team where Denzel could be a contributor. And when I read that, I think about the old line, you can't fire me, I quit. Because as we discussed yesterday, Denzel Mims is very much on the roster bubble. Now, I said yesterday, you know, if it's down to Denzel Mims and Jeff Smith for receiver number five on this team, I'm probably going Mims. I think he's a little bit better, but I do not share the optimism a lot of people have about Mims's future in the NFL. I've seen people think he could be a pro bowler, that he could be an impact receiver, a thousand yard guy. I just haven't seen that to this point. But the biggest reason I think that this is one of the old, you can't fire me, I quit. There are a couple of key lines in there from Mims's agent. And one of them is about Joe Douglas, where he says, Joe Douglas has always done right by Denzel. Now, you combine that with what was said earlier in the statement about how Denzel was not going to get a f- opportunity with the first team. He's not going to get an opportunity to start with the offense. No opportunities with the starting offense to get a group with them. That's the exact quote. We knew that. I mean, it, so what he's saying is Joe Douglas has always been honest with them. So it doesn't sound like Joe Douglas gave them any indication. I don't think, it doesn't sound like Joe Douglas, if he's, if he's saying that Mims has not gotten any opportunities with the starting offense, he's also saying Joe Douglas has done right by them. That's a sign the Jets did not tell Denzel Mims, you're going to be working with the starters in preseason. You're going to be working with the starters in training camp. Because otherwise they'd say, Joe, you would never include that line about Joe Douglas has done right by us. Now you may not bash Joe Douglas, but you would never include a line that praises the GM saying he's always done right by us. And 
it's pretty clear that if Mims was so focused on being a starter, this request would have come earlier. This request, because we knew in the offseason, you knew you had Corey Davis coming back. You knew you had Elijah Moore coming back. So those are two starting spots that are gone already. You have three starting spots at the receiver position. You have Braxton Berrios. The Jets re-signed him $6 million a year, approximately. Now, I know part of that is Berrios' is a return guy. That's part of the reason the Jets paid him. But you're not paying a, re- a pure return guy $6 million in today's NFL. You're just not. There's not enough value in the return game to justify Unless it's like Devin Hester or you know, one of the iconic Deion Sanders, who was also a great corner. But unless you're like one of the iconic return men, if you're like a Hall of Fame return man, maybe you get $6 million. You don't get it for Braxton Berrios, even though he's good. But the Jets also drafted a receiver 10th overall in Garrett Wilson. So you have three starting spots. You have four guys who clearly were ahead of Mims, and this was known for months. So this is why I think this is just Mims' agent, even though like he claims that like the Jets have told him they're not cutting him, it's a clear sign that the Jets are on the verge of moving on, and Mims is trying—I I guess he's trying to save face, because it was clear that th- if Mims's objective was to be a starter in 2022, his opportunity was not going to come with the New York Jets. Now, as I said yesterday, you can listen to the show. I did offensive roster bubbles, uh, ro- offensive roster bubble players. I discussed them in detail. I'd keep Mims as the five receiver over Jeff Smith, but— there are moves, there are a couple different types of moves I disagree with the Jets on. There's the move where it's so bad that I just say, the Jets have no idea what they're doing. Then there are the types of moves where you say, okay, maybe I do things a little differently, but I see where the Jets are coming from. Picking Jeff Smith over Denzel Mims, that's the type of move where I see things a little bit differently, but I see where the Jets are coming from. Because at the end of the day, what has Mims really shown us? Has Mims really flashed much ability? Two years into his career, he has zero touchdowns. He has less than 500 yards. And, you know, you can make all the excuses you want. People always make excuses for underperforming young players, especially when they're early draft picks. But if you're two years into your career and you haven't even posted 500 yards and you don't have a touchdown, I'm sure there are going to be extenuating circumstances. But they're not so extenuating that you should have that scant production. I get it if you want to say it's not all Mims's fault, but let's be honest. If you're a wide receiver who was drafted in the first two rounds and you have less than 500 yards in two years, it's the, the blame probably greater than 50% on you. And, you know, you look at Mims, like people always cite his 40 time. He ran a 4-3-40. He doesn't play that fast. Now he's big. I mean, the, the areas he's flashed, a couple times you've seen him make contested catches. You know, use his size. Big guy. Tall guy. And he can win jump balls in the air. He's also occasionally flashed an ability to make plays after the catch. Physical runner, a guy who you know throws people around, lowers his shoulder. But we have not seen that much. We've not seen that frequently. And we have not seen it frequently enough that where these two things can carry Denzel Mims to a successful career. So I look at this and, you know, I, I just don't see it. I, I mean, I, I feel like all of the arguments for Denzel Mims having a successful career are based on evaluations from 2020 that we're just ignoring what we had the last two years. Now, his rookie season, his production was decent. You know, he missed the first half of the year, came back. If you prorate his numbers over the course of a full season, it's not bad for a rookie. But I always judge rookies on a curve. And not bad for a rookie is a pretty low bar. Not bad for a rookie also means that you need to follow it up with great improvement in year two. 
there was no great improvement in year two. Denzel Mims regressed in year two. And again, you, you could point to the reasons. There's this, this story about off-season food poisoning. I get it. He's maybe not the ideal fit for the Jets offense. This is an offense based, you know, they want the receivers to get quick separation. Mims is more of a guy who goes down fields and makes plays. You know, kind of kind of a basketball player, if you will. Guy who makes plays in the air, plays above the rim. If you want another basketball metaphor, that's two basketball metaphors I can come up with for Denzel Mims. I get it. But this is not a case where, you know, he's got 900 yards and you're saying, man, in the right system, he could be a 1,300-yard guy. This is a case where he had eight catches last year. And beyond that, the Jets had injuries. The Jets were really banged up at wide receiver. At the end of the year, they had nobody. I mean, they had, I think Braxton Berrios was the only guy I even think really should be seeing NFL snaps. And he's not a number one receiver. He's like, a, you know, maybe a high-end backup. He's not a go-to guy. There was every opportunity if Denzel Mims has talent to shine through. He didn't. He showed issues with drops. He showed issues with getting up, getting lined up correctly. And part of this is Denzel Mims was always a project coming out of Baylor. And I was a big fan. Listen, I was the biggest Denzel Mims booster there was when the Jets drafted him. But at some point, you just have to look at this and say, this isn't working. And it's probably not going to work for this kid. You know, he hasn't developed as a route runner. It's just, it, he hasn't developed in a lot of ways. And I'm, I, I got to be honest with you, Jets get rid of him. I don't really have great fears that he's going to go somewhere else and be an impact player. You know, I, listen, I've been wrong plenty in the past. I get it. But there are players I'd be worried if the Jets cut. And you know, I'd be worried about where, what they're doing. What in the last two years has shown you that Denzel Mims has a skill set that can produce consist- consistently? I'm not talking about one play here or there. I can get, I can give you a list a mile long of players who occasionally showed flashes. What have you seen from Denzel Mims the last two years that suggest he's going to be a consistent threat in this league? Not much. I think probably the most, the best case scenario, best case, he lands on some team that just has no receivers. And I don't know if he's going to get traded. I mean, I don't know if any team's going to be interested. I, I, nothing would surprise me with Denzel Mims. If you want to tell me there's a team that had a really good evaluation on him in 2020, and, you know, they're just saying, you know what, let's throw a six or a seven at him and see what we get. I, I could believe it. You want to tell me he gets claimed off waivers, Jets cut him, nobody wants to trade for him, but Jets cut him, he gets claimed off waivers by some team. I could believe it. You want to tell me nobody wants to claim him off, off waivers, I could believe it. I don't. Every team's evaluation is going to be different, but I, I don't know that he's really going to be an impact player. I think he's the type of receiver to me who's through his first two years. And again, look, I'm not a guy who bashed the pick. I praised the pick effusively. So keep this in mind. I'm not trying to, like, justify criticism. If anything, I should be trying to boost Denzel Mims because I look bad because I got this evaluation wrong. But I don't see Denzel Mims going anywhere and being more than just maybe a complimentary. I think the best case scenario is he goes somewhere and he's like kind of a high-end backup, maybe a guy you fill in for a couple games. I just don't see it. And I think that it's pretty clear that no matter what your view on Denzel Mims is, I think all parties could probably use a fresh start because it's not going to happen for him here. He never clicked with this coaching staff. And while the temptation is always to blame the coaching staff first when the young player underperforms, I think it's more on Denzel Mims. He just hasn't developed. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll talk about some other players, some players who actually have flashed this preseason. Jets are down to the wire. Roster bubble players, defensive line, linebackers. We'll talk about them as we continue on this Friday Lockdown Jets episode. Of course, hindsight is 2020. With hindsight, the Jets probably would not have picked Denzel Mims in the 2020 draft. You can't change the past, though. 
But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd like to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is a banking app that can help get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that, that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. This show is free, and it's available on all platforms. Of course, Denzel Mims is not the only roster move that the Jets will be making. Next week is cutdown day after the final preseason game this weekend against the Giants. Jets will have to cut their roster down to 53 players. And there are some decisions that need to be made on the defensive side of the ball. And we're going to talk about some of those right now. Now, Robert Sala likes to rotate defensive linemen in and out of games. We don't know exactly what number of players the Jets want to keep at each position, but on the defensive line, I would not be surprised if it was 9 to 10 players just because of how Salah likes to rotate guys in and out. Now, some of these guys could end up on the practice squad, so that could cut the number of players down on the active roster. But the way I view it, I think there are seven players on the defensive line who are locks to make the team. They are Carl Lawson, Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankins, Jermaine Johnson, Jacob Martin, and Michael Clemens. Lawson, of course, was a big free agent signing. Quinton Williams is the best player on the defensive line as of right now. Franklin Myers got a big extension last year. Jacob Martin got a decent free agent contract this offseason. Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens, both uh, picks the Jets made in the top four rounds this year. Then you have Sheldon Rankins, who, for whatever reason, the Jets seem to want to bring back. I, that one, I don't entirely understand, but I think Sheldon Rankins is going to be on the team. So that leaves a couple slots. It could leave, I don't know, one slot. It could leave two. It could leave three. And you have a bunch of guys who are in the mix for, for those roles. You have the veteran Vinnie Curry, who sat out last season trying to make a comeback and you know, really hasn't been heard from much uh, since the beginning of camp. You've got Solomon Thomas, the veteran who, you know, frankly, was a bust with San Francisco when Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator, a top three pick guy the 49ers picked over you think about the 49ers quarterback situation they picked Solomon Thomas over Patrick Mahomes the only thing that's worse is the Bears actually traded up with San Francisco to get San Francisco's earlier pick and they picked Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes so I guess that was a little worse but Solomon Thomas is in the mix Bradley and I who played well in the preseason uh, victory over Atlanta Bryce Huff who's entering a year three been moderately productive as a situational pass rusher, former undrafted free agent out of Memphis. Nathan Shepard, who actually is not awful on a play-to-play basis, but just committed so many penalties a year ago. It was tough to believe they brought him back, but they did. Um, you also have Tanzel Smart, who Jabari Zaniga and Jonathan Marshall, who I think have all kind of flashed in the preseason. And you know, it depends on how many pure defensive tackles the Jets want to bring back as well, because of the guys I mentioned who are locks, the only two who are pure defensive tackles are Quinnen Williams and Sheldon Rankins. Now, of course, John Franklin Myers can slide inside, but the Jets have seemed to want to leave JFM out on the edge at defensive end on early downs, and then maybe move him inside, let his athleticism take over against interior-type linemen. So you have to think they're going to keep at least one defensive tackle. 
you know, if it's me, I'm probably going either Jonathan Marshall or Tanzel Smart based on how they played. Maybe you keep both. I would keep either of them over Nathan Shepard, though. And, you know, Nathan Shepard probably is not as bad as I've made him out to be. He's probably not as bad as he's been made out to be. But he's a limited player. I think we've seen he's nothing more than a rotational player. Jonathan Marshall, who knows? Maybe he could develop a little bit more. And, you know, A lot of this is going to depend on the final preseason game. You know, so, so Some of these guys I'm talking about, there's still time to make a difference. There's still time to change minds. So we'll see what happens. I, I would lean towards Marshall or Smart, though, if we're talking defensive uh, defensive tackle. And then defensive end, you know, Bryce Huff's been decent. Um, Curry's been... You know, I haven't heard much of Curry. Curry's been a good player through his career. You also have Jabari Zaniga in the mix. You have Solomon Thomas, who's kind of in that JFM, Michael Clemens hybrid role. Um, you know, I think Zaniga's playing well. I don't know whether he's going to make the team, though. Um, you also have Bradley and I, who, even though Bradley and I played well against Atlanta, I mean, this is a guy who's on his second team. He's been in the league a couple of years. This is a guy who preseason matters less for me than other guys would because I think we've seen Bradley and I we know his ceiling's not super high um he'd be a guy if like nobody else was flashing maybe I'd keep around as just a you know, bottom of the roster guy but and I know that that might be controversial because I know people were and rightly so have been impressed by Bradley and I's play but I, I don't know whether he should be in the mix um you know Bryce Huff I, I'd lean probably towards keeping Bryce Huff and maybe either Vinnie Curry or Jabari Zaniga but again these are when we're talking about disagreements with the Jets going a different direction, this is going to be a I understand why they did it type, not a Jets have no idea what they're doing type, because we're talking bottom of the roster guys. And one thing I've learned through the years, because and I've learned this the hard way because I've gone crazy when the Jets have made moves. When we're talking about the 53rd player on the roster, probably not going to make a big difference. Probably not a guy who's going to be that good if he is called upon. Probably not a guy who's going to be called upon unless you have big injuries. So these are moves that get analyzed and overanalyzed, but... Typically, they, don't, they end up not making a difference. And typically, anybody who's really upset on cut-down day, they tend to forget about it because the players who are kept, the players who are let go, tend to not be very relevant. Now, let's talk about the linebacker position. I think there are four linebackers here on the Jets who are absolute locks. You've got C.J. Mosley. You've got Quincy Williams. You've got Quan Alexander. Mosley and Williams are incumbent starters. The Jets brought in Alexander. I think they like him. I'm not a big Quan Alexander guy. I guess he's okay as a backup. I think Jeremy and Sherwood has shown enough in camp and preseason that he's worked his way into a guaranteed spot. How many linebackers do the Jets keep? You, you would guess they'd keep a fifth. You would guess they'd keep a fifth. And that could come down to Delshawn Phillips versus Hamza Nasraldeen. Nasraldeen, of course, was the converted safety the Jets drafted last year. Delshawn Phillips um, was also on the team last year. And what's interesting is that if it comes down to one of them, both of these guys were kind of core special teamers for the Jets. So who knows? Maybe they keep both of them just as just for special teams use. Now, I think the Jets had higher hopes for Nasraldeen. I think the Jets, at least when they drafted him, felt like Nasraldeen could eventually develop into a starter. Delshawn Phillips is not a good linebacker. Listen, I love Delshawn Phillips because he was he tied for the team lead in tackles last year on special teams. A good special teamer, but you can't play him at linebacker. He's essentially a pure, a pure special team specialist, if you will. So... It could come down to that. It could come down to upside. Nasrul Dean, frankly, hasn't looked that great in a Jets uniform. Hasn't played that much, but hasn't looked that great last year on the field, this year in preseason, you know, last year regular season games. I would, you know, it's a tough call. And maybe Brant Boyer has sway. If if they keep both Delshawn Phillips and Hampson Nasrul Dean, that's a show that Brant Boyer has sway over the roster decisions and the, the Jets are keeping taking special teams seriously. 
you know, I might lean towards keeping Phillips and Nasruddin. Maybe he's a guy who you would think you'd be able to get onto the practice squad. If you need him for a game, he'd be easy enough to call up. You know, you can't get to the practice squad unless you clear, clear waivers. Waivers give the other 31 teams a chance to claim a young player and add him to their team. But I don't know anybody's claiming Hamza Nasruddin. And if they do, it's not that big of a, it doesn't seem like that big of a loss on paper. So I might lean toward keeping Delshawn Phillips as the fifth linebacker. But if they keep six, that's a sign Brant Boyer has some sway. That's one, that's one thing I'll tell you. Now, ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we've talked about guys in the front seven, front six, if you will. We're going to talk about the players in the secondary. Who's going to make the team? Who's the fa- who are the favorites? Who's likely to be cut? I'll tell you what I think as we close out this Friday Locked On Jets episode. One preseason game is left. That means we are almost at the beginning of the regular season. And if you want to put money down on the Jets when they play Baltimore Week 1, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league. That includes baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, and yes, yes indeed, the NFL. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they got you covered. You can head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday, talking about Jets' defensive roster decisions. 53-man roster will need to be set early next week after the final preseason game. These players have one more chance to impress the coaching staff. Let's talk cornerback. And... This is interesting because I think there are probably seven, six, I'd say there's six corners who probably have a roster spot locked down. They're uh, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Bryce Hall. I know Bryce Hall was awful in that Atlanta game, but Bryce Hall's going to be on the team. You have Michael Carter II, you have Brandon Eccles, and you have Javelin Guidry. And on paper, that's a deep group because, you know, even at the bottom, you got guys with playing experience. Javelin Guidry's played. Brandon Eccles has played. They may not be great, but if you're there like your five and six corner, it's not bad. And I know some people want Javelin Guidry out, but there are two kind of extenuating circumstances that make me feel like Javelin Guidry is making this team. The first is you don't really have a backup slot corner other than Javelin Guidry. And with all the other guys I mentioned play outside. The second is that Guidry, again, looking at special teams, I think the Jets want Guidry to be one of their gunners on the, on the punt team, which is an important role. And that if we're talking about sixth corners... That's a justification for keeping a sixth, a number six corner. So I think even though yeah, Javelin Guidry hasn't been great, but I think he does make this team for those reasons. I think he's got utility in areas where the Jets don't really have help as a slot corner and then as a, as a gunner. There's a seventh guy who I could see making the team, but it's kind of a stretch to call him a corner. That's Justin Hardy. I'd be surprised. I don't think Justin Hardy's a complete lock. I think if there's a young player the Jets really are high on, maybe Hardy is sacrificed, but... I think Justin Hardy makes the team because he's a special teams ace. A year ago, the Jets signed him in free agency. He was one of the first players the Jets signed in 2021 free agency, and it was specifically to upgrade the special teams unit. And he tied Delshawn Phillips for the lead in special teams tackles. Now, he also committed some penalties. He was, it was not a spectacular season for Justin Hardy. In fact, I think you could argue it was a little disappointing, but he had his moments. And again, he tied the team lead in special teams tackles. So I would imagine Justin Hardy makes this football team. As a special teams ace, not as a corner, though. I mean, that's, I think it's pretty well established. Justin Hardy's special teams specialist. And then you got the safety position. Safety position's wide open. There are not many things that could surprise me at safety. In fact, I would say 
There's only one player who I think is an absolute lock, and that's the player the Jets signed from Tampa Bay, Jordan Whitehead. Outside of that, I think anybody could be cut. Now, I think LaMarcus Joyner makes the team. I think. I think Jason Pinnock makes the team. I think. That could leave one spot between Ashton Davis and Will Parks. You're going based on performance in preseason? I think it's Will Parks. You're going on upside? I don't know if there's a lot of upside with either guy. I know Ashton Davis. And listen, if you're a longtime listener, you know my feelings on Ashton Davis. In theory, anybody can get better. Listen, there's always, people always ask, is this skill set something fixable? In theory, anything's fixable. But you look at the way Ashton Davis plays the game. I just don't have a lot of hope for him, even as a backup. You know, I've heard people throw him, float him as a special teamer. The more I think about it, the more I don't know that I want Ashton Davis as a special teamer because he's always runs him, he's always running himself out of plays. He's, you know, not doesn't have good tackling for him. Always going for the big hit at the expense of the sure tackle. I just, I mean, there's a lot that has to go right, and it just feels like he has zero instincts for the game. So I'd go Will Parks. I can see the Jets sticking with Ashton Davis. You know, if they want to just continue to. Hope against hope, but the other thing, Ashton Davis is not that not that young. He's in his mid twenties already. So, a guy's usually, you know, by the time somebody's twenty five, they're going to be good. They're already good. I'm not saying twenty five is old either in the football sense or real sense, but I'm saying if you have yet to develop by the time you're twenty five, the odds are very much against you. Now, if you have developed and you're twenty five, you could have a long career in front of you. But if you're not good yet, it's tough because typically you would, if you were going to be good, you already would be good by twenty five. Anyway, that's what I think, but that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. Big shout out to subscribers to the show. And to join that group, just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching. If you do that, you'll get notifications as new episodes are posted. You'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. It helps us out tremendously. So does giving this episode a thumbs up on YouTube. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the preseason finale against the Giants, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about it.